This is the Politics as Usual podcast where we cover everything from social events to world issues. Our weekly episodes provide unfiltered commentary on the hottest topics in pop culture. You heard here with another politics as usual interview segment with your host Reno in the building and I got my special guest a brother I've known a long time actor musician a good person all in all various different things that he does which he will tap into I got my homie Julian in the building how you doing today brother I'm doing great, man. It's a blessing to be here, bro. You know, um, man, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm hyped too. I'm hyped too. So for the people that don't know you, which I always ask my guests, tell them a little bit about yourself and exactly what it is that you do. Yeah, man. Um, so I've, I've grown up in Toronto uh, pretty much my whole life. And it's just been that for me, the Toronto experience for people who don't know when Toronto was not on the map. That that's that's when that those are the ones who really gotta be able to speak on platforms because of course a lot of times we have a lot of people who just like jumped on the man Toronto's lit and they sleep. But you gotta be if you were around when we called Toronto T dot, the dot I consider you an OG. But um Toronto has taught me a lot and that has brought me to you know, a lot of platforms in the entertainment industry, a lot of platforms um, in the film industry as well. Um, so yeah, I've been rocking that for about over over ten years now, man. Um, and so it, that that has been that is accredited a lot to my character uh, as an individual, um, my walk of faith as an individual. And so seeing that bringing me to different avenues and rooms has added, yeah, that's essentially added to like who I am today, man. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm the youngest of three siblings. You know, I got all older siblings, and none of them are really creative in their in the, in the sense of what I do. Yeah. But uh, they're creative in their own way, of and course. so it's dope. Yeah. Dope to see family kind of like you know, intertwine and and have their own sense of creativity. But and coming into uh, their yeah, own. Coming into their own. So yeah, man, that's 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 kind of like where I land right now. That's dope. So my first question to you is going to be, yeah. how, how did you get into acting? What, what, what initially inspired you to dive into the acting world? Grade 12 drama class, man. Grade 12 drama class. So there was this, um, there was this uh, segment, this, this scene, this project we were given, and uh, particularly what needed to happen in this, in this project is we needed to depict the story of somebody going through uh, drug addiction or something yeah. like that. And it was so easy for us to just make a scene and just be like, okay, let's make a scene of somebody who's doing an overdose. But my group, and it was, I think I was the catalyst for this. I'm like, nah, let's, let's build it. Let's, 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 yeah. let's, let's, you know, let's build a story. Let's make something out of it. And this, this passion literally came out of nowhere. I'm like, I really want to build what this story and what this scene and essentially what this person could look like. And after we did that, it was successful. We did that. There was this, it's like a ball started to roll, like gears started to like kick in. And I'm like, nah, I think, I think I got something here. I think I love storytelling. 
Mm-hmm. And I would say I was a storyteller before I was an actor. So I say that specifically because the definition of what an actor is in our culture today yes. is, 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 is transactional. I act, I get paid. I act, I get opportunity. So yes. let me say it in order. I act, I get opportunity, and then I act again, and then I get paid because you don't get paid for an audition. You, you, you audition for an opportunity, right? And so when you get the opportunity from acting or yet, you know, you, when you get the audition from the acting that you did, then now what you have to do is you have to act to get paid. But rather for myself, I say, I'm a storyteller before I, before I became an actor, I was a storyteller is because even in the audition room, I have to tell a story, right? And, 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 and if I get, and if I get the role based off of that, that, you know, approach, then when I'm on set, I got a bigger story to tell because there's more lines, there's more scenes. And so that's why I consider myself a storyteller over just being an actor. I, lo- I love that breakdown. So when, when would you say you first got your opportunity to go from just being mainly a storyteller to actually getting some income, some residuals off of actually acting? And how did you go you about know, doing that? Because a lot of people, yeah. they would love to be actors. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying it's yeah. for everybody. It's definitely not for everybody. But like a lot mm-hmm. of people don't even understand what are some of the first steps you got to take to actually take it very serious. So what are some of the things Man. you had to do to transition into yeah. actually being a, a real actor? You know, um, one of the things I've come to understand is the knowing of self. You honestly have to come to a place where you know yourself. And I think it's, it's, it's two words that honestly break down. Um, it, the first is value. And that's the knowing of yourself and worth. Worth is the belief of yourself. So I can know myself, but not believe in myself. And that means I'm worthless to every opportunity that I present myself in. So I might be a value, but if I don't believe in the value that I have, then I won't see my worth. And so when I started to take it seriously, at first, I didn't have a perspective of value or worth. And so I was just taking whatever role came to me. I was saying yes to everything Mm -hmm. because I didn't have a perspective of value or worth. But then um, when I started getting a lot of rejection, because I didn't get roles right out the gate. Let's, Let's talk about that. Yeah. And yeah. and if we're going to talk about that, we also have to talk about myself as a visible as a visible minority. OK, I, in, you, in, you know, it's Toronto, not even a, not even to cut you off. I love that you're going into that because that was going to be my next question. So continue okay. on. Continue on. Um, but I, but I'm going to gently talk about it only because in Toronto a few years ago, it was very difficult to get roles as a visible minority. Yes. And they just, they just, and when I say just, it's probably in the last three years or so, yeah. they just started making the pathway easy um, for visible minorities to get roles. Um, but bringing it back to your question, when I started taking it seriously was when I started to see the value that I had as a human being and the worth that I had as a human being, as an artist. And then again, back, like I said before, as a storyteller, what you bring to the table is something that was never there before. That's the one message I always tell people. You, you, you go to these auditions, what you have, they've never seen it. That's true. Who you, who you are, 
They've never met that. So people go into these auditions like, man, I didn't get the role, man. But if you go into a room and you say to yourself, they've never seen what I got. Mm-hmm. They've never heard what I have because they've never met me before. When I started going into auditions like that, like y- y'all never had Julian ever. This is the yeah. first time you're, you're, you know what I mean? So it's not a cockiness. It's, and it's not even confidence. It, it, in definition, it's confidence. In definition. Yes. yes. But in truth, it's, it's the knowing of myself and the belief of my worth. That's what it is. So, so when I started to take that seriously is when I started to take my career seriously. And that's when I started to see roles come in and I started to get opportunities and things of that nature. And honestly, yeah, that's, that's, that's where it's been. And I yes. can go deeper into it later, but that's where that, that was the catalyst. That was the main point. That was the transition point. That that's dope. And for me, me knowing you, as long as I knew you, the first introduction into for me and for you when it comes to this whole acting thing was I was at home watching something. I'm like, is that Julian in the commercial? Is that is that a KFC commercial with Julian in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I remember I started seeing like several other commercials. So with that being said, you've also been in shows like Dark Matter, The 100. Um, what what are like what's your favorite kind of role to get? Because there's a there's a, it's a wide spectrum of things you've done, especially yeah. when you when you deal with something like being in a commercial, and then after you're dealing with something like the 100, where it's like survival and action, and so what so what is your favorite type of role to have? Sci-fi, hands down, science fiction. Put me in space. We gonna get this money, okay? I feel you. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make sure it's a performance, but um, I love I love science fiction. I also love crime dramas, but I wanna I wanna give a little ex- explanation behind crime dramas because I would always love to play roles in a crime drama, yes. but not as a not as a statistic. Yeah, I would not want to play in a crime drama as a thug mm-hmm. or you know as like a gang leader because I gotta ans- I gotta answer your question. You said, what is the role that I would like to be? Yes, now, yes, there are, yes. There are people out there that would love for me to be the, 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 you know, the gun dealer or the drug dealer. They would love that. Mm-hmm. And I don't downplay those roles because, again, it's another opportunity to tell a story. You're telling somebody's story. Yes. But yes. for me personally, as an artist, I would love to be in the shoes of the detective or in the shoes of the police chief, because growing up, that was a white man. Yes. And yeah. that's what, as a, as, as a young black man, I'm like, oh, police chiefs are white. They're mm-hmm. not black. And so for me, I always want, now, now in my career, I would rather play the role model of a young black man or black woman you know, watching a television show and being like, oh, that black guy's the police chief or that black yes. guy's the head detective on the case. And I want that to stick with them like it stuck with me when I saw the white head detective or the white police yes. sergeant. So I, I wouldn't want to play. Because because that's what we had. That's all we had. That's what they fed us. The drug dealer was black yep. and the lead detective was white. And I'm not saying anything is wrong with that, but I'm saying something Something's was wrong, wrong with that. that. <laughs> Thank you. So. <laughs> yep, yep, I feel you. 
Yeah. I definitely feel you on that. So that kind of touches back into what you said earlier when it comes to knowing your worth. So sometimes just because you get a role doesn't necessarily, if it clashes with your morals, it doesn't necessarily mean you need to take that role. Not everything's good right. for everybody, right? Right. So that's that's actually really good that you said that because like it just it just shows that you're you're thinking before you make your moves. You're not just happy you got an opportunity. You also have to sit here and think: Does this work with my narrative? Does this also fit? Because as much as you're doing a favor to them for filling the role, it also has to fit within your guidelines, right? It's like a marriage in many yeah. ways. You know what I mean? Up, what? Come on. You know what I mean? So like, it's, it's, it's dope to know that you're actually taking those steps and thinking like that. How would you say that you've rejected more than you've done or you've done more than you rejected? I've rejected more than I've done. Really? Absolutely. Uh, when you take the stance, when you take a moral stance and when you become selective rather than settling, when you become selective, it is, and, and any, any actor who runs a selective career where they choose their roles, they'll tell you, it does take a little longer for you to get to where you are going to be. It just takes you a little longer. It's the long road. It really is the long road. It just takes you a little bit while longer um, to, to, to get where you know you can be. Um, but I've rejected more than I've been, more than I've been in roles. Um, and this, this happened like midway into my career. So at the beginning, I was saying yes to everything. Yes, understandable. Right. You know, cause you, you're you trying to, you're trying to, you're trying to eat, you're trying to pay your rent. You need to get that right? money. Of course. You need to get that money. But then when I started to see at the end of the day, these roles that I'm choosing, if I choose to choose them, when we yell rap and everybody leaves the set and I go home, it's just me. Yeah. It's just me. And now I got to sit with the decision that I made to be a part of this movie or this TV show. And that's my choice. Yes. You know what I'm saying? That's my choice. That is not me saying this show is whack. And that is not me saying that this director is trash. That is me simply saying, knowing me, this is what I've chosen, or knowing me, this is what I'm not going to choose. And it's very hard because in this industry of playing many different characters, it's hard to lose you. It's easy to lose yourself. Of course. Of course. You know, and so I had to become selective. If I wanted to live with myself and how I impact my family, how I impact people. Um, and, and, you know, when you start, when you start showing up on TV, you become the person, Hey, you're the guy from this, or, Hey, you're the guy yeah. from that. I don't want to be the, Hey, you're the guy who played the crackhead because that's <laughs> not me. I don't follow you. When you play a good role, listen, <laughs> I don't follow you. Listen, and we, we could go on for hours. How, you know, Robert Downey Jr. will always be Iron Man. Yes. Like you can never, nobody will ever play Iron Man again. But he's not, he's not typecasted, but in the back of our minds, he's Iron Man. Like of course. That, that's, he's Iron Man. Which is why I truly believe, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, there'll never be course. another Black Panther. Do you think they, 
do you do you see them ever trying to fulfill that role again? Like trying to put somebody back. I know that's they a should. side that you, I know that's a side note, but that's such a yeah. that was such a big movie for black culture as a whole. Like game changer, game changer. And with with that being said, do you do you think it's right to to fill that role or just continue the story on without him? Um, if we're talking story, I don't know the details of what I'm about to say, but I know enough to say this, that by the comic strip, what is supposed to happen is his sister is supposed to take over. So Sherry, is, yeah, so Sherry is supposed to step up and be the next Black Panther. I truly believe with all of my heart, they should just go in that direction of making uh, Latia, I believe her name is, Latia Wright, they should go on and making her the next Black Panther and not touching the Black Panther role being a male. Because the Black Panther is a mantle. It's not a person. Yes. The Black Panther is a mantle. It's a pa- it's, it's something that could be passed on. So the yes, Black Panther right. should be Shuri. Like, if we're really thinking about it, the Black Panther is not a person. It's a mantle. So that mantle could be passed on to Shuri. And in the comic books, that's how it rolls out. So it really does come back to like, if her as an actress, if she wants to play that role, if she wants to take on that mantle um, in her personal life and also, you know, in the movie role, because if she takes on that role, she's going to be the Black Panther for the rest of her career. Like in, yes. in how, like how Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man for the rest of his career. So I think that would be a great opportunity for her. She would just have to say yes to it. Yeah, that'd be dope. On a, on a side note, that would really be dope. So, I think that would be amazing. I would love game, to see a woman step into that role. Game changer. And I'm, I'm talking about Chadwick, and it just made me start thinking about other actors and, like, who's your favorite actor? Who is your... Because obviously, as an actor, you're, you're your own entity. You're not trying to... Yeah. Um, be like anybody else but just like how lebron is lebron there's still parts of his game he got from jordan right there's still parts of his oh yeah you know what i mean so like who would you say that like inspired you and, and maybe in some ways you you um i mean i might even say emulate some of the things they they, they do or, or the person that just you look at as an actor like you're a holy grail what's your route let, let me do it this way what's your mount rushmore of actors let's do it that way how many guys are up there on Mount Rushmore? I think it's five. It's, Is it it's five? A, it's five. We're going to go with five. Okay, I'm not going to do any particular order here, okay? We won't hold you to an order. Um, we will not. We will not. Please, please don't. So I'm going to go Daniel Day-Lewis. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. Denzel Washington. I, I was waiting for that. I was nervous. Oh, everybody, come on. Everybody, <laughs> wait. That's one of the greatest <laughs> actors of the decade. <laughs> I, was, I was a little nervous. Yeah, no, no, don't get nervous. <laughs> um, who did I say? I said, I said Daniel Day-Lewis, Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio, Denzel Washington. Yep. Robert Downey Jr. Okay. And Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. That's a that's Don't a sleep. Big one. I know I know you didn't a know lot that was of, coming. A lot of people sleep. A lot of people sleep. The man Thank with the you. lazy eye with the slightly he, he, he's serious. Come on. I'm gonna give you a quick synopsis of each of those actors. Please do. Right? 
so for Daniel Day-Lewis, there is a groundedness that he has to his work. And by groundedness, it is the research that he does beforehand that sets him apart. And now I think every actor that I listed has done research on every role that they've done, but his performances have always left an echo effect. And I'll explain what the echo effect is. An echo effect is when you go and watch a film and when you leave that movie, certain parts of you feel like that character is in your personality. Yeah, yeah, I feel like have you ever have you ever left the movie and you feel like you start talking like the lead character in the movie? Yep. Or I, or you just feel like them. Like like right. I want like I watch John Wick and I walk out of the movie theater just waiting for an issue. Like I'm ready to <laughs> I'm ready to go. Let somebody let somebody kill my dog. <laughs> and it's going down. And, and it's going down. So he, he is an actor that I would say has, he effortlessly can perform and leave you with the echo effect is gotcha. what I would like to call it. And I really like that. I like that echo effect. That's yeah, I love that. As, as an audience member, as a fan, love it. Leonardo DiCaprio has, has, a, has an amazing way of getting lost in his characters. Yes. Um, his, performance, yes. his performance in uh, Django Unchained Next level. Very controversial. But next level. Very next controversial. Level very controversial. Very. But um, I'll but, even, but, even another honorable mention is The Departed. He, he killed yeah. he, he killed that. He killed yeah. that role too. You know what I mean? He has a lot of those roles that are like, they might not be my favorites, but he really dives into the, the role itself. So I 100% agree yeah. with Yeah. No, man, I love that so much. Um, it, 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 the way he depicted it, he gets lost in it. Um, when it comes to Denzel Washington, what can I say? He does it's it all. Denzel Washington. The man, does, he, is a, he is a walking treasure chest. <laughs> and he just, that's, that's who he is. You never know what you're going to get, but you know you're going to get something good. It's and true. that's a treasure chest. Yep, yep. You're either going to get a coin, you're going to get a jewel, you're going to get a diamond. You don't know. But it's you always treasure. It's, it's always, always treasure. treasure. <laughs> you know it's going to be worth something, whatever you pull out. Yeah. So that's Denzel. Um, Robert Downey Jr. has a versatility, I believe, that is untouched. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the man, I, I, like, he, he's versatile. What can I say? He could do Sherlock Holmes. He could do the British accent. That's versatility at its best. And he's very quick. I think that one thing that can be consistent with Robert Downey Jr.'s character depictions is his character choices. They're always talking very fast. Yeah. You know? And so that's one thing I love about him. And it, when he was Tony Stark, he's very quick. He's very mm -hmm. quick on his feet. When he was Sherlock Holmes, quick on his feet. So that's what I like to call versatility. And lastly, for Forrest Whitaker, the man is intense. I've never seen intensity like Forrest Whitaker's characters since Cindy Poitier. Okay? Now, you young people listening to this. I know. know I be knowing because my mom was watching him. I'm aware. Listen. I'm aware. Cindy Poitier, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother conversation. If we're talking film, let's leave that alone. That's a legend but I've right never, there. I've never seen intensity like Cindy Portier 
other than Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker has an intensity that I would relate to a Cindy Portier. And this is why these five men are my Mount Rushmore. I love it. I love it. Now, you know, with that being said, out of all, and I'm assuming it's someone on this list, if you had any actor that you could work with, who would it be and why? Uh, I know I'm in my bag. I'm in my bag with these million, questions. The million dollar question. Come on. Oh man. I'm 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 really gonna I'm really gonna have to say, man, it's 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 so hard because you could have an interest in working with someone. It's like a relationship. Acting, acting partners, screen partners, it's a relationship, it's pretty much a marriage. Yep, there's got to so, be chemistry. There's got to be natural chemistry. Yeah, that's that's, word, that's what you look. It's the chemistry. That's the word, man. It's chemistry. I, I would like to work with somebody, but that don't mean we got chemistry. It's true. It's true. I'm going to go ahead and say Forrest Whitaker, man. Ooh. I'm going to go ahead and say Forrest Whitaker. I think him and I would have an extreme chemistry work. I tend to be very intense as an individual myself, so I think matching his intensity or just coming right under it yep. would give a good, a good uh, picture for whatever movie that we're doing. I'm with it. I'm with it. Now, now that we're winding down, um, what are just, what are some of the things that you have um, up and coming? Just, just generally speaking, if there's anything that you would like the audience to know that you have down the pipeline or anything like that. Yeah, you know, right now I've been uh, I've been very passionate in working with uh, some short films, some independent directors. So um, I'm part of a project currently that's in the works right now um, that we're going to be launching out, and it's 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 forming itself like a series. But right now we're just shooting one particularly. I wouldn't call it a scene. It's 15 minutes, mm -hmm. but it's it, it's forming itself into a series. Uh, and so these 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 individual independent projects, I've just have I just have a really strong passion for. Some of them I'm in, some of them I'm behind the scenes. Yeah. And so you'll see you'll see these things roll out on like my personal YouTube page. So um, if you want to search these things out, you can just search J U S Julian. You want to space that so it's just Julian J U S space J U L I E N not A-N, but E-N, and those will be the platforms. Well, that will be the platform where you'll see the many various uh, short films and things like that that'll come out. In terms of industry work, I am slowly getting back into auditioning like everybody else who of is course. either working or not working because of COVID. There's been a lot of like, you know, setbacks, but you kind of have to look at them like setups and be optimistic about them. But this has given me an opportunity to work on my craft and work on my humanity and, you know, just continue to build myself as a man, um, you know, in the 21st century. So, yeah, like I love what I'm doing independently, but I look forward to what I will be doing industry wise. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what comes out. But I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, and I think it's going to be big. Of course, and I'll make sure that we put that in the in that link in the bio to in the description yep. to make sure that they tap in with you. So my last question, my last question for you. That kid right now that's listening, that is that 
kid in grade 12 or just leaving high school that was in a drama class just like you and wants to tap into acting, what would be your advice with your experience? And of course, you're, you're still going, still moving, but with your experience so far, what would you tell to somebody that was your age when you first started? What is the advice you would say to them for, for that kid that wants to get into acting and do what you're currently doing? Man, don't let rejection be a depiction of your identity. Just because you get, just because you get turned down on a role, that is not because you lack something. It is often because you have more than they need. That's the first thing I would say. That's the first thing I would say. It's not going to feel like that. It's going to feel like you didn't perform well. And honestly, to that truth, let me be real, you do have to put in the work. There's no shortcuts to this thing. You do have to put in the work. But when you know you have put in the time, when you know you have put in the passion, and you have to have passion, you will be rejected. And oftentimes it is because you have too much of what they need and they're looking for something minimal. This is very true. And they'll never, they'll never tell you that. They'll make you think that they need something grand. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, they'll never say that you did a good job to your face. They'll just say, thank you for coming. And, and then you leave the room. But you could have just killed that audition, but they were just looking for something different. But the hope to that, something to hold on to, is they're going to bring you back in again. And when they bring you back in again, they're going to hope that you bring that same energy. But because if you let rejection determine your identity, the next time you see that person call you in, you're going to say to yourself, oh, the last time I came in here, I did a good yeah. job and y'all didn't hit me. So now when you call me back, I'm not going to do a good job because it's, there's no point. But they're calling you back because you did a good job. They just didn't need it that time. Mm-hmm. They, needed something, they needed something else. But they call you back because they know you're good. Don't, don't minimize your greatness. Don't turn down the volume of your passion. I love that. You will be rejected. You will be rejected. It is going to hurt, but that is not who you are. Don't attach it to what you bring to the table. And again, I'm going to go back to the point that I said earlier. What you bring to the table has never been there before. Remember that. Remember that and walk in that audition room or or record that audition at home. With that in mind, you've never seen me before, you've never heard me before, and whatever, who, how many, how many actors are auditioning for this role? You've never seen the role done like the way that I'm about to do it. So be confident in that, and I guarantee you, you will be successful in your heart before you are successful in your art. Whoo. Bars, you, you talking that talk right now. I'm, I'm happy I closed it off with that question. I truly appreciate you coming through to the Politics as Usual interview segment with your host, Reno. Thank you to my special guest, Julian. I truly appreciate you pulling up, man. And we gone. Man, I look forward, I look forward to coming back again wherever For this sure. takes me. Please do not think that I am one of those that you can't get a hold of. This is not that type of actor.
and it's on video so we can hold you to it. <laughs> and audio. Make sure you guys tap in. Subscribe, like, comment, and we're gone. If you're looking for any updates regarding our podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at usual underscore podcast. And on Instagram, it's politics as usual cast. Also, for episodes, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple.